0: we mm-hmm. Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is YouTuber, magic reviewer, and all around swell guy, Tyler Lunsford. We discuss his popular YouTube channel and look at what it takes to become a trusted reviewer of magic. Nicola Capo joins me on the show to discuss the featured product of the week from Luke Dancy. Before all of that, the show kicks off with one of our quickfire segments where your favorite magicians discuss exactly the kind of literature they would like in the unlikely event they get shipwrecked in the Caribbean Sea. This week, Foolish alum and all around friendly guy, John Michael Hinton joins me on Desert Island Magic Books. John Michael Hinton, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for Desert Island Magic Books. Let's suppose you wash up on a desert island with one magic book, but it's made of Tyvek, so it's not going to fall apart in the wind and the rain and the sand. What (laughs) is your Desert Island Magic Book?
1: I have three. Uh...
0: (laughs) Rules are Uh, one.
1: uh, Rules are one, but Steal Like an Artist is such a good book. um, It's taught me more about how to develop my magic stuff, even though it's not a magic book. Um, my second one is "Born Standing Up" by Steve Martin, his okay. autobiography, which has learned me more about stagecraft than anything else. I and I,
0: it's so good. I actually use uh, "Born Standing Up" as a book test in my show. But uh, oh. you, you said you have a third. Lay it on me, and then we're gonna pin you down on one.
1: Oh, you can pin me down on this one. It's "Repertoire" by Ozzy
0: Wynn. Oh, it's such a good book.
1: It's so beautiful. Like I, from how his thinking to the actual tricks. To simply the watercolors. Like, yeah. that's it. And also, how do you not love Aussie? Like, you, like,
0: yeah. If anyone is unfamiliar with Aussie Wind, uh, you should check him out. He's a wonderful magician, works with uh, a wonderful magician in his own right, works with David Blaine on, uh, on a regular basis. But Repertoire is his first book. And I think one of the things that John has just mentioned there in the watercolors is so cool is that Aussie illustrated it himself, but he illustrated it by painting it with watercolors because he's an accomplished watercolorist. It's beautiful.
1: I, well, if you haven't seen his his watercolor portraits, oh, they're, they're stunning! Movies, oh my goodness! And even how he puts them together, I'm just
0: I'm jealous. I that's all it is. I just, I, I, if there's one thing I want in my career, it is it is to be painted by Aussie Wind, or, or no, <laughs> to have my dog painted by Aussie Wind. That's what. I, <laughs> that's
1: so much cooler.
0: <laughs> I... Uh, let's talk a little bit about repertoire though because it's a really great book and are there there any tricks in there that stand out for you because I, I know there's one for me that I do at almost every gig
1: Ooh, tell me, tell me the one for you, and then I'm gonna, because I have to remember the actual name, because uh, I'm gonna look it up right now.
0: I th- I do double exposure. It's Aussie wins handling of triumph, and if you're yeah. unfamiliar with it, he he's released it on video, uh, and you can get that on Penguin, but also the full write-ups in the book. And essentially, it is a triumph where you borrow somebody's cell phone and take a photo of them while they're holding a deck that has been shuffled face up and face down after they've selected a card and it's been hopelessly lost, and then when they they can look at the cards and they're Definitely face up and face down, but when they look at the photo, all of the cards are sorted except for their card, and it's. I've been tagged so many times on Instagram Mm -hmm. because of it, because people post it to their social media. They share the photo with people. It's just. It's a brilliant trick. It's super powerful. It blends the modern and the classical magic, and it's. It's just incredible. It's it's, perfect Aussie.
1: Also, why why I love that trick is something that Joshua J talked about uh, in one of his lectures, um, that he wanted to give somebody the moment in the middle of a trick. Like often we have to, res- we have to find the resolution, but that picture is in the moment of a trick. Like it's the magic has already happened. Like, so it's not, does that make sense? Like yeah. it's too often we give them the end of a trick or we give them a card that's been restored, but that you give them, give them a picture in the middle of the trick to remember like, that's incredible. No, my, so that one is definitely one of my favorites, uh, but my favorite in the book that I will probably be, probably be working on for the rest of my life is S A C A A N. Shuffled any card at any number. Oh man. Uh, But it's the reason is I was at a, I was at one of the magic lives at one of the Murphy suite parties, you know, that is exclusive and everybody's invited to, yep. uh, but it feels exclusive. Right. And, you know, shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder people, definitely before COVID. And um I I was standing there with Aussie and um the new manager. Well, he's not new anymore, but the new manager for um for the other brothers. Mm-hmm. And uh they said, Hey, Aussie, you have to show him a trick, you have to show a trick. So he hands this manager a deck who's not even a magician, right? He like he knows magic, but he, in the hands of a deck, he says, shuffle it. So he shuffles it. He says, Okay, here get you have a card, great. And then he hands him the deck he Says, I want you to walk around this room and ask for somebody to name any number up to 30. Any number. And he said, so he walks the room. I mean, this is like a super tight room. Like, there, there are way too many, we are way above fire code here. And so then he comes back and Aussie said, Don't tell me the number, just count down to that card. He counts down silently to the card, and he, and it was the card. Like it, <laughs> it also didn't touch the deck. Um, he literally let him take it out and for two years it bothered me uh, I'd see Ozzy at uh, different lectures and other stuff I'm like dude what what and then body's like man it's in my book page 51 yeah. and I was like ah okay uh, it's- and-
0: it's such a yeah. good trick. There's so many really wonderful things about that book. I mean, we could we could do an entire show about it, but uh, John Michael Hinton, thanks so much for, for bringing that book to the Desert Island Magic books because I think more people should read Aussie's work. It's so good. Thanks so much to John Michael Hinton for joining me on the show. Go check out his Fool segment, It Is Bananas. Now on to the main event. For many people on the Magic Cafe, a number of Facebook groups, and all across the internet, they want an honest review of a magic trick before they plunk down their hard-earned dollars. Over the last two years, a young man named Tyler Lunsford has steadily grown a following as a trusted name in the review space. His reviews are not only honest, but comprehensive, and frankly, just interesting to watch. One of my favorite parts is some of the scales that he has that give the viewer a very in-depth look at what the trick is without exposing the secret, but also disclosing the kinds of skills they'll need for the effects that they're about to buy. Full disclosure, Penguin has sent Tyler products review before. He's grown quite the audience on YouTube and other platforms, and I wanted to find out more. A number of his reviews have double the number of views of his subscribers on his channel, so clearly he's doing something right. And now you get to join our conversation. Tyler Lunsford, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm excited to talk to you because you actually reached out to me on instagram and then i said back like hey would you come on the podcast because i've watched your youtube reviews for quite some time you've done a lot of reviews uh only one thing project that i've been a part of but i've definitely used your reviews uh to make influences on on my uh, purchases uh but you how did you start with your youtube channel is, I guess what I want to start off, because I think a lot of people listening to this might be interested in doing something similar, and obviously I don't want to give you a bunch of competition, but like, how did you start, and how did you get to where you are now?
2: Thank, well, first off, thanks for having me, Eric. I really do appreciate it. Thanks to Penguin. Uh, yeah, I reached out to you to ask you to come on my podcast, and you <laughs> sent me the, you know, basically flipped the Uno reverse card at me, so thanks yeah. for that. Um, but yeah, it's I, I decided to start a YouTube channel because my name meant nothing in the magic industry and Mm -hmm. i'm not saying it means something now but it definitely means way more than it did before anyone knew me at all Mm -hmm. Uh, and i was like how how do i get my name out there i was like one i like performing but i I don't want to necessarily have to buy all this magic and you know maybe people send it to me at one point but then i was like okay i buy a lot of magic already so i don't want to keep buying more if i'm not going to perform it because i do perform but I wish I could uh, perform more than I do, but especially with the pandemic now, but yeah, even pre pre COVID, I, mm-hmm. I still didn't perform as much as I wanted to. So it's like, what's something I can do on my own time. I don't have to worry about people that book me for something. Mm-hmm. I can actually use the magic that I'm buying because I'm not performing it as much as like I should, or as not, not that I should, but that I want to. Yeah. And, um, Oh, I was like, okay, I, magic reviews. Yeah, why not? I, I want to help people. I want to give back. I want to be able to, because I've been burned by products, so mm-hmm. why don't I do something that can help people? It'll put a use to all this magic that I buy, and it'll get my name out there, and it'll get me free magic in the process, because more people are going to learn my name, right? And, yeah. and they're going to want me to review stuff, and my goal was to do all those things, and also in the process, learn more about magic, and the more stuff that I can get, the more I learn, the more knowledge I feel like I have about the whole magic industry. And that was really where it began. So, yeah.
0: I think one of the things that's very interesting about your review show, and I think that anybody else who wants to start a magic review show, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or whatever, is you, you have a knack for telling people what is good about a product and what is bad about a product without giving away the secrets. I how, know. How did, you, how did you learn to walk that line? Did you make any mistakes early on?
2: yes uh i deleted my wiki test review because some people said that it revealed too much mm-hmm. um that was always something that i wanted to focus on was not revealing too much like that was mm-hmm. a main point in my reviews i don't want people because at the same time like like i said I, I am a performer i don't perform as much as i want to but i i do perform yeah. and People that know my name are going to go look me up, right? So even if they watch a review, I don't want them to know how I did the tricks that were in my show. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was kind of like I got to walk this border of you know not telling too much, but also magicians know enough to whether they want to purchase it or not. Mm-hmm. Some of that comes in code names that you know laymen wouldn't know. Uh, some of that comes just in general magic knowledge that layman probably don't know either and another one is just you know i have these questions that i go by every time and i try not to deviate from that because i've learned that these work well these don't reveal too much and even if layman did know this what does it matter they don't really learn that much about it
0: it seems like the uh that format is kind of interesting because you, you cover that a lot with like what do you get what is what is the effect is there any sort of like basic knowledge you need Yep. Uh like you know so you you reviewed I I just watched a bipolar and you you made a very good point in that it didn't come with uh the repair material and so that sort of brought it down but you didn't explicitly state what the item was even though you hinted that if you build gimmicks or have been around in magic long enough you probably have this repair material Exactly.
2: Yeah, or if you watch, you know, alien movies as a child.
0: Either one. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so if, if someone wanted to start doing, you know, sort of any YouTube channel, what would your advice be to them? Because it's, it seems like you, you sort of started from the ground up and now that there's, you've got sort of a community around you.
2: Yeah, Uh, it's for, it's honestly, it's a great community. It's something really cool. Uh, if I had advice to give to someone, it's one word start like, that's it that Mm -hmm. honestly just get started. I mean, if you're. If you're saying, oh, I'm going to wait till I get the proper camera equipment. I'm going to wait till I get the proper mic, the proper lighting. Like, yeah, like those things are great. Those things help. They add to it. But if you keep saying that, I mean, when are you actually going to get that stuff all together and be ready to start? I was planning to start. I was planning, you know, I was on a schedule before I even started a YouTube channel. I was planning to start my YouTube channel probably six months to a year after before I actually, you know, did it. I did it that, that early. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm just gonna start. Like, why? Why am I worrying about waiting? So, I mean, honestly, just get started, and then that's just learn from there. You're you're gonna yeah. learn. You can't learn enough before you get started. Most of your learning is gonna come through actually filming, actually editing, actually learning about this whole process, how the YouTube algorithm works, or whatever media platform you're on. But yeah, yeah it, just get started.
0: Well, especially because in the very beginning, you're sort of broadcasting to no one, almost exactly. <laughs> you're not. Yeah, you're so, not gonna have yeah. millions of people watching it. Im- no one's, immediately. Yeah.
2: Exactly. No one's going to see you mess up, but a few people that do are probably going to tell you whether they're nice about it or not. Take it into account. And then the more. But yeah, that's another thing. Don't let that bother you. Don't let people giving you like negative feedback, constructive criticism is great. But if yeah. they are just being rude, like, yeah, go. Just go away. You don't have especially to worry about
0: them. You, you seem to be primarily on YouTube and correct me if I'm wrong. And no, the definitely. YouTube comment place is uh, where everything goes to die.
2: Uh, a little harsh. I, I don't know if it's as bad as the Magic Cafe, but it's definitely up there.
0: Uh we'll uh we'll 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 let people draw their own conclusions on that, but uh uh so uh you know and I think the the interesting thing you're saying there is just go ahead and start. Like don't wait for nice cameras and nice mics, nice lights. You know, you you don't have to go very far. As a matter of fact, like I mean, your studio is sort of your bedroom, isn't it?
2: Yeah, my my studio is my bedroom uh depending on where I'm at. Now that was I've moved a little bit, so when I say, like, I'm not in the studio, it's probably because I'm not, like, And when I say I haven't been in the studio for two months, mm-hmm. I'm being genuine. You're like, how have you not been in your bedroom for two months? <laughs> the reason is I go to college. My studio is yeah. at college. And when I go home for breaks, especially with online classes, depending on, you know, what what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. it's, you know – I, and I'm not in the studio for two months. So if you send me something to review and I say I haven't been in the studio for two months, I promise you I am being truthful. I have not been <laughs> in my college apartment for two months.
0: What's your experience been like with Patreon and balancing creating enough content for Patreon as well as content for YouTube?
2: Yeah, so one thing that I learned early on was that you're not going to make any money at this when you begin. Like you're going to lose money, right? You're investing in equipment. You're doing all sorts of things like that. It's it's a, it's a struggle to begin with because you lose motivation, right? Like there's you got to find a way to at least to manage your time. Mm-hmm. One thing that I did by this was I wanted to do Patreon to just get at least a little bit of money to help support the channel because I was buying so much magic at the time. Mm-hmm. So how I did this was okay. One, how do I Not make my workload go up that much, and two, if I make something for Patreon, I need it to be beneficial for my YouTube channel as well. And those two things led me to tiers like you get your name at the end of a video, or you get to choose a product for me to review, or things like that. It's not that I'm posting. There's a couple Patreon exclusive like you know, um, what is it like content, but it's not exactly things that are, you know, taking a whole lot of extra time. And that's really what I was looking for when I get started. I'm about to actually revamp my whole Patreon and add some different tiers and add some different rewards uh, because now I am getting to the point where I'm making enough money to help support the channel more than I was. Uh, Not that YouTube's a lot because it's not when you're a small creator, but it's more than it was. And I didn't want to make the workload too much, but I also needed some help financially supporting the channel. And that's where it came from.
0: When you're putting together the actual reviews themselves and and this is something i genuinely like about yours is that i I feel like you're very fair sorry to interrupt but this week's show is brought to you by misprint 2.0 from luke nancy nick Lacapo stopped by the studio to discuss this visual way to fix a factory mistake nick i love it when you can do a card trick that looks like you're photoshopping reality
3: (laughs) you know visual card tricks are like you know hard to find i mean there's tons of them to do but like for ones that exist that you can do for people in real life um, this
0: looks so good in real life yeah. too. I mean, it's and it's just a w- strange moment. We are talking about misprint 2.0 from Luke Nancy.
3: Yeah, this is great. So, you know, one of the best ways to present this the, we, on the video, you'll get routines. But just in general, it's like creating this particular moment where you're you're about to show somebody a card trick, and you spread through, and then you just kind of notice that the back design on one of the cards is like really misprinted, like obviously misprinted, like totally crooked, and. You know, when you do this, it's very easy to sell this presentation as if this is some sort of, like, organic mistake that's happened, right? Where you sh- you just, like, are spreading through, like, hey, man, I'm going to have you pick a, whoa, wait a minute, you know, and you discover this card together. Um, it can really feel like a moment that wasn't planned. But then what happens? You simply touch the back of this card, and you visually watch the back, the ink on the back of this card move so that it is properly orientated and it, then you kind of look at the face of the card and then you can just continue on with your card
0: trick it's wild it looks so good and th- and the best part is with the the update to it so misprint 2.0 you basically can do this with the face cards now. So you yeah. can do this. You get you get some gimmicks to do this with kings, queens, uh, jacks. You can do it with any face card. Uh, it even teaches you how to make your own gimmicks. So let's say you use a custom deck, like one of the one of the cool penguin decks that's coming out. You can. It teaches you how to make uh, yeah. a, a misprint gimmick for one of those.
3: Right. Yeah. The original misprint is exactly what I just described. Misprint two allows you to, uh, you'll discover a, a like a king of diamonds with a with a crooked face. It allows you to fix the face of it, and then you could also fix the back of it as well, um, and and continue on for there. So you get all the all every piece of material that you need to do it in the box. And yes, um, for the back design, essentially, once you learn the secret, you could do it with any deck of bordered cards obviously you couldn't do this with borderless cards um but uh with any deck of bordered cards you can make that gimmick yourself and um the the one other nice little touch to this as well is that what you're left with in your deck is one of the most powerful gimmicks in card magic i know funny enough like the way that the trick works leaves you with a super strong card gimmick that you can go on and do other card magic with so uh,
0: this is a 10 out of 10. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things that I'm like I'm surprised I don't carry it in my in my deck all it's, the time.
3: Yeah, it's one of those gimmicks like kind of like fine print yep. um, where it's just no reason to not carry it with you um, in your deck of cards I, I keep misprint in that same category.
0: Misprint 2.0 by Luke Dancy check it out that was misprint 2.0 from luke Nancy, available at penguinmagic.com as always our brilliant listeners receive 25 off the feature product of the week when they enter a special discount code at checkout this week that discount code is xerox that's xerox just like the copy machine x-e-r-o-x at checkout for 25 off misprint 2.0 that code is only good for misprint 2.0 and only good until the next episode of this show airs now back to my conversation with tyler lunsford when you're putting together the actual reviews themselves, and, and this is something I genuinely like about yours, is that I, I feel like you're very fair. Because um, you you do get sent magic now. You're not always buying all the magic. Some of the magic is sent to you by creators. Exactly. I know I, th- I believe Penguin has sent you a few things. I know uh, Abstract Effects has sent you a few things. Um, how do you maintain an impartiality about it uh, while, so, not, while not burning bridges?
2: Yes, that, that's an interesting question because... Like you said, like you don't want to burn bridges, but at the same time, I have to be honest to these people that are watching my videos. If I'm not honest, like nobody's going to watch my videos. Nobody cares what I have to say. And once you lose that, like one bit of honesty, cause you said something it, like, obviously you did this on purpose. You said it wrong. If you're doing it by accident, like maybe inadvertently you said something yeah. that maybe someone took the wrong way. But if you intentionally left out something about a product that you thought was bad, but you didn't want to burn the bridge with the creator or the company that sent you that, That that's bad, and so basically, my audience is my is my judge. Like those are the people that are going to hold me accountable. If I lie about a product, they're going to call me out. So I really don't have to worry about being impartial. Like having an internal struggle with being impartial. I'm impartial because my viewers are going to keep me impartial. And if the word gets out that Tyler Lunsford's lying about magic tricks, these you know he said it was examinable, and this thing's made out of some cheap plastic, and as soon as they touch it, the gimmick falls off, like stuff like that. It, it, people are going to call me out and the word's going to mm-hmm. get out. People aren't going to like, once I burned that, I burned the bridge with that one person now. Mm-hmm. And so companies know and creators know, I feel like that's something that's become more understood in the past couple of years, especially the reviews uh, is that people just know you're going to be honest. And if you're not going to send me another product, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be honest to my viewers.
0: Yeah. Uh, What about the impartiality involved in your personal taste in magic? I know you've, so I'm just, again, just today in preparing for this interview, I was sort of, you know, I have watched a lot of your, uh, your reviews, but I wanted to watch more right before I was on. And I noticed that you reviewed a number of rubber band projects. Uh, there was one from Joe Reinflech that you, uh, did, and then one from Dr. Cyril Thomas that you did, uh, both available on Penguin, but, uh, you are an admitted fan of rubber band magic, Yes. Um, I, do, uh, I don't know of any particular magic that you don't like, but let's say you were not a fan of rope magic for some reason and you received a rope trick. How do you fairly judge that rope trick even though you don't necessarily like that particular genre of magic?
2: It's 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 such a difficult thing to do, honestly, because, and this is one thing about my reviews, that a lot of people don't do. I mean, I guess some people do, but maybe one of the one or two of the main creators don't do is that I'm giving it a score out of 10. Mm -hmm. And that's like really hard for me because I'm having to take into account, you know, this, this is my score out of 10, but I'm viewing these things as products for other people and myself. And so I, that's the way I have to look at it is this is, if this is a social media magic trick, I can't rate it a two because it's not practical in person. I just Mm say, Hey, I'm rating this as a social media magic trick. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a, this is an eight out of 10. But that's in the social media world. If you're going to try to do this in real life, it's not worth anything because it doesn't work like that. But being impartial about trying to hold off, like if I really like a trick, I I will tell them I really like this trick. If I really don't like a trick, I will give them the reasons why I don't like it and I'm going to let you make your own decision. But I'm going to tell you, you know, you're going to figure out that I like, if you watch my videos, you know I like gimmicks, you know I like rubber band magic, you know I like cards, Uh, I don't review a ton of coin magic, I don't review a ton of rope magic they um, you no know, like Spongebob magic or anything like that. But even if I review stuff like that, I'm still gonna tell you the pros and the cons and you can kind of make that decision for yourself.
0: When people are trying to grow their particular YouTube channel, do you do you have any sort of advice for people in attracting attention to it? Even even if it's not a review show, even if they're trying to build some other type of community around it, like what what have you found successful?
2: Something that I did a lot in the beginning, and I don't do it as much as, as I used to, is the Magic Cafe. As much as some people dread it, as much as some people love it, it it's a great place to start. If you're going to be posting magic-related content, go on there. Post your videos. Say, hey, like I just released a review for this, or I just did a performance of this, and this is what it looks like. And you're going to get hate comments like anywhere you are you're going to get positive comments anywhere yeah. you are. And the longer you go, the more like feedback you're going to get. You can adjust your videos and whatever your content you're making to make it look better like that, but definitely find forms and things that are related and also network like crazy, make connections, make friends, you know, this don't burn bridges, never burn bridges. I mean, someone might've pissed you off. Like they really upset you badly, but I mean, hash that out, you know, personally mm-hmm. try to come to an agreement. And even if it doesn't work out, don't go ragging about them on social media. Because like, you never know. You might need that person one day.
0: Social media does tend to last forever, as many people are finding out. Well, Tyler, we are just about out of time. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. Looking forward to having you back and looking forward to seeing more of your reviews. If uh, Just for uh, anyone who's listening, where can they find out more about the, the content that you are putting out there as a magic content creator?
2: Yeah, so you can check out my YouTube channel, which is Tower Lancer Magic. Uh, I post things on my Instagram, which is also Tower Lancer Magic. And you can check out my website, which I have uh, some of my original creations. And I've also, uh, I'm going to kind of start doing more. I do a magician news show on my channel, so I'll be posting some things on there about that. Uh, But yeah, TowerLancer.com, YouTube, TowerLancerMagic, Instagram. My main reviews are on YouTube I want to start doing more content on Instagram with like performances and stuff, but yeah, you can find me on any of those platforms and you can reach out to me if you have any questions or anything and I'll answer them about products. I just don't reveal methods. So don't reach out to me asking about a trick or ask me to send you something. Don't ask me to trade. I'm not <laughs> going to do it, but I will answer your questions like your reviewer.
0: Thanks so much for joining me.
2: Thank you so much for having
0: me, Eric. I appreciate it. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Tyler for the conversation, and thanks to you for listening. Next week on the show, I talk to one of the minds behind Darren Brown, a spectacular actor and a creator of the hit effect, The Moment. Your Christmas present from me is a conversation with Andy Nyman. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe, as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform you think would make the most delicious burrito if you converted the base code into a delicious burrito. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you're going to have to fight your way to the final table by preparing a dish for my native land so cheese you have to make something that features cheese look you know if you aren't following an international cooking competition on netflix since the untimely canceling of the live action cowboy bebop you can always hit me up on instagram at eric tate that's at e-r-i-k-t-a-i-t from me and everyone else here at the p3 magic studios practice practice perform